Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Do you believe in sports curses? Mike White, who's supposed to be the next big thing with the Jets, goes down in the first quarter, but they're saying there's got to be a curse on the Jets. And our question to you, the viewers, is do you believe in sports curses? Can't make up my mind whether I believe in them or not. Because on one hand, I say the harder you work, the luckier you get. But on the other hand, I'm very spiritual and believe there's a plan and all the rest. So I, I don't know. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It absolutely is, and we walk him into Hour 2 of the RP Show, everybody, on Game Plus Television and YouTube Live, streaming around the world. Hour 2 is brought to you by Great Western's original 16 beer brewed in Saskatchewan, made with premium Saskatchewan ingredients. Original 16 is unfiltered for peak flavor, and it is uh, Taco Time Viewer Takeover. All of Hour 2, for the most part, is going to be a Taco Time Viewer Takeover, our lone guest, on video chat will be Justin Dunk from Three Down. By the way, Taco Time wants you to know they're not tater tots. They're Mexi fries. They keep hammering away on that as we bring in the Moose, uh, Darren DuPont. And Moose, I appreciate you. Um, I invited all of the Rider Nation to join in. This isn't normally what I would do. It's certainly not my job anymore. But if they want to whine and moan about the playoff road ending in the West Final yesterday, 21-17 in Winnipeg, they can come here and get it all out, mm-hmm. but the best team won. Um, the reason I say that is, yeah, people are, are, are writing in saying, great season for the Riders, blah, 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 getting that from a lot of people. And I'm like, yeah, you should say that as a fan. If you're the Riders, you are kicking yourself on the flight home going, six turnovers, six to two, well, oh, all these missed opportunities, you're kicking yourself. If you're the Saskatchewan Rough Riders coming home from Winnipeg. Even Cody Fajardo said, and I'm not sure... He necessarily meant it in the post-game news conference, but he was like, hey, um, we, we went down to the final minute. We had a chance to win it on the last drive. You can't ask for much more than that. Yeah. You can. You can ask for a win. And I'm not sure that he necessarily believed that. I'm sure he was more furious than anybody. And on the ta- in the uh, <laughs> on the talk of uh, breaking news this morning from the NHL, the Philadelphia Flyers firing Elaine Vigneault, he had to go. They're playing tro- terribly, and they've lost eight in a row. And they play tonight. They got Colorado in Philly tonight. And then last night, the Vancouver Canucks firing their head coach, Travis Green, their GM, Jim Benning. They fired everybody, which they pretty much had to do. And I see everybody writing in. Sorry, I'm running off at the mouth here. But Trent in Norway writes in, says, Norway here, sad that the Riders and the Huskies lost, but next year awaits all. The Grey Cup rematch should be interesting. Yes, it's Hamilton Winnipeg, and I think rematches are a great thing for any championship game. That's a great storyline going into the 108th Great Cup. So anyways, I left everybody hanging. Didn't get your take on the fan brawl. That's not even a brawl. From what we understand, a Hamilton Tiger Cats fan spit beer on Argos players after the East Final yesterday. Chris Edwards came after him, swung a punch at him. We saw that on video. Uh, Didn't look like he connected, unfortunately. I wish he had. And other Argos had jumped in to be peacemakers. So I'm sure we haven't heard the last of it. What's your take? There will be suspensions. That's my take. And fines Ah. probably. Now here, I did a little homework, okay? Because my first thought was, look, at no matter what, and I know, like, sometimes it sucks to just sit there and take it. But as a fan, you have to know that 
a player that's bigger than you and stronger than you and, you know, isn't going to come into the crowd and start hitting you no matter what you say? Because we don't want fans to stop yelling at players. We don't want that, right? We want them to yell. We want them to be upset. We want all of that because that's what makes sports great. We want trash talk, all that stuff. But I think the difference is when you throw something at a player, when you pour a beer on a player, when you hurl something from the stands, the player is kind of off the hook. And that's kind of what we found. So Ron Artest back in 04, went into the crowd in the NBA. He got 55 games. It was the rest of the year without pay. That's probably the biggest. Mike Milbury, when he went in and hit him with the shoe in 79, six games. Some of the other guys got five games. That's it in the NHL. Um, Sean Ellis um, was throwing snowballs in the crowd from the, uh, in Seattle at Seahawks fans. In 04, he got a $10,000 fine. Rob Ray, remember when he was assaulting the guy on the bench, the fan who came on the ice? Nothing. He got nothing. Completely fine because the fan came into his territory, right? But here's probably the biggest one. Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Kennedy with the Raiders in 99, I think it was on Monday night against Denver. Him and Charles Woodson got in with the fans. The fans were throwing snowballs at the players and like hitting Gruden, hitting the players in the face. Lincoln Kennedy and Woodson. Woodson threw a, threw a snowball back, hit a woman in the face. He got charged, which could have had up to a $1,000 fine and a year in jail, but it got settled for like nothing. Kennedy went into the crowd and clocked a guy. He got nothing, I believe. I couldn't find any suspension for that. So I think when the, when, when the fans throw something, when it's an, an, you know, instigated that way, the Argo player, Chris Edwards, or Edwards is probably off the hook. But there'll be some sort of a, a fine. You got to control the team. Boy, you had a lot to say. The player, you, you were waiting twenty minutes to yeah. get that all out. And yeah, the fans so should probably I might be suspended to the, too. I want to get to the viewers here. So they make some really good points, and this is funny. Yeah, from Northside Yeg, do you, do you see it now in the comment wall? Do you see the comments yep. coming in because you're back yep. in the bunker? He says, we got some Ticats fans in the house. Let's go. <laughs> so we got fans from all across the CFL that are chiming in on this. The Great Cup matchup, all the rest. I see Jeff the Stamps fan says it wasn't a smart thing by Fajardo to say. I don't necessarily that he believes what he said yesterday. I think that's Cody just taking the high road. Um, and so let's just settle it. Hey, everybody loves the fan interaction. Type. Shoot, every third day on TSN Sports Center, the top 10 is top 10 fan interactions. Right, like we all love talking oh, about yeah. it, right? Um, and somebody said here, there's so you see how fast the comments are coming in here like crazy. Yeah, from CD, who's a Tie Cats fan, CD on YouTube says it's okay. Toronto's running the CFL anyway. Can you blame a Hamilton fan for saying that? You can't. Argos, the only team to go over the salary cap. It's okay, says the commissioner. We won't find them. Stopping short of saying, because it's the Argos and we don't want to piss off their owners. Right. Now, to the McLeod Bethel Thompson thing. The guy clearly breaks COVID rules last week. And while we on Friday predicted the CFL would do an about face and let him play, and I said they would, and then you explained how they would, and that's exactly what happened within hours. Again, here's Toronto getting their way. So if you're a Toronto fan, sorry, a fan of any other team, but specifically a Hamilton fan, you would start to get a little pissed off about that. And if you were a Toronto player, you'd be saying, I can do whatever the hell I want. You're doing Connor, McDick, Connor McGregor walking down the field. <laughs> You're McLeod and Bethel Thompson swatting the camera out of the way because it's in your face. You think you can do whatever the hell you want because the CFLs allow them to do whatever they want. 
Let me back up a second, though. I could sit here and do a segment on my own, on my own interactions with fans. And having said all that, listen, I'm very big at looking in the mirror. I'm sure I'm at fault in every single one of them. <laughs> but just from a broadcast standpoint, I can tell you, Edmonton, Commonwealth Stadium, interaction with fan. Did it ever get physical? You've heard about the Taco Bell incident in Portland that night where 7,000 fans pelted me with bells. My fault, I'm sure. Prince George, multiplex, guy stands up in front of me. He goes like, dude, you are the loudest guy that's ever come through here. And I'm like, what's your point? I'm doing my job. Sit down. Vancouver, Pacific Coliseum. Guy comes down and says, would you mind sitting down? Me and my kid can't see past you every time you stand up. I said, dude, there's 12,000 empty seats here. You can move. I can't. Zip it. So I just find it interesting that you that you can unilaterally rule, Moose, that we should take it all as performers, if it's verbal only, but as soon as it gets physical, it's okay to get up and knock their teeth down their throat. Sorry, you're going to get in my face, that's, you're going to get it back. You're going to get it back, and I'm going to tell you that 100% of the time. And that's what, but that's what, you know, that's what history has kind of shown us, that, you know what, if it's verbal, you can't engage physically. Um, if it's words and, and stuff, I don't think there's an issue engaging back with words. I mean, you want to show restraint in that situation and, and block it out. But, you know, there was one here. There, there was one real interesting one. Brian Maxwell in the NBA, 1995. He was getting chirped and it was really bad stuff. I think it was about a miscarriage his wife had had. It was really not very good at all. And Maxwell got in there. Knocked a dude out, broke his jaw in the process. He ended up getting 10 games and a $20,000 fine in the NBA for that. So the, it was words one way. He got in the crowd, popped him, broke his jaw, knocked him out, and he ended up taking the punishment. So there would be punishment. Now, if you're throwing something or pouring something that instigated it, then I think there's, uh, there's it's, it's not that it's over okay, but I think there won't be any punishment on Chris Edwards for that. Um, I don't know. It's, it's wild. Well, it's interesting um, from the viewers. Mark Zosel watching on YouTube. Uh, he's from Melfort, where they do the Melfort Shuffle. Mm-hmm. He says, Rod's top 10 fan interactions. Roll the film from EGA <laughs> on YouTube. Has the CFL commissioner, Ambrosi, responded to any of the extracurricular activities? Not yet, but it hasn't even been 24 hours, so hold on. From Nelson Hackowich, our VP of Sim Events, he says, where is the radio booth in the Pacific Coliseum where fans can't see if you're standing? It's right in the middle of the crowd. I know it's very hard for people on the prairies to understand this, but on the West Coast and all those facilities, I don't know why, the press boxes are like right in the middle of the stands. I have no idea why they did that like that. And for 99 out of 100 broadcasters, that's fine. For yours truly, we got a problem. Um, Dan Saravelli writing in from Philadelphia. Dan, the situation, Saravelli writing in from Philadelphia, watching on YouTube. He says, remember when the Knicks fans were chanting Kim Kardashian when Chris Humphries was at the foul <laughs> line? Oh, yeah. Everybody and- stop and stare. Kardashian's asses everywhere. <laughs> Who said it? I don't know. Headley, 
Nice. Well, on the Ty Domi thing, because it's come up a little bit, I looked that one up too. You know, and all I can hear is Harry Neal, watch the lawsuit, Ty, as he's coming into the box. That's right. Ty got a $1,000 fine for squirting water. That's it. 1000 bucks, And away uh, went. No suspension or anything like that. So, um, My cousin Christine watching in medicine hat. She says, what good are rules if they're not followed? Listen, I agree, brah. I do. And, and, and I think when we're talking about CFL things here, and let me preface this by saying, because everybody hears the bad that I say, they very rarely hear the good. I said a wonderful spectacle on TSN yesterday, which I watched at Outback Steakhouse in here. Shout out, Debbie. Thanks for the invite. Um, MV, or sorry, MVP, VIP invite to their grand opening. What? They put the game on television at Outback Steakhouse in Lighthouse Point, Florida. And our server, Matt, said, I didn't know Canadian even had a football league. <laughs> They're going to want Where an expansion team after you get oh, to I there said, and show them the league. Right? I want them to have an expansion team for the National Lacrosse League down here. That's what I want. But anyways, um, I, I, I'll say it again. It looked great. The stands were full in both venues. The games were pretty good in both venues. Sloppy, but the weather was bad. It was, it was Canadiana. It was everything that you want. And it was just like when I go to Arizona in the wintertime, when I hook up with my American friends there, and they're like, that referee, Prulks, is he real? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Turd down. That's me saying how great it looked on Sunday. Here's me on the other. Probably any other league, they don't bend the rules like the CFL did on Friday. I'm not sure Roger Goodell's bending the rules, but I mean, the NFL wouldn't have done something so stupid in the first place. So I'm just, I, I knew the CFL would bend the rules and let McLeod Bethel Thompson play because that's what the CFL does. Like on Friday, sorry to throw you under the bus, Clark, but beep, beep. Clark's like, oh, he's out. Remember on that call? He's like, he's out. I'm like, no, he's not. They'll find a way. And who played? McLeod, Bethel Thompson. Bingo! Do you think any other any other league, Darren, that happens? Honestly? I don't know. I'd like to think so, because I think it was the right thing to do. You know, and I think if it was the NFL, I would say, look at they should do the same thing. But it just feels like they wouldn't have got to that point, right? You would have yeah. every protocol locked down. And they would all know where they're allowed to go and where they're not allowed to go, you know. Um, but again, this does this kind of thing happens at every level of, of sports all the time. You and I have been into organizations at every level, and the, at the you know at their core, they all kind of operate the same, right? But it just wouldn't have been as big of a crazy, you know, spit show as we kind of you know saw on Friday afternoon. Like that's just insane. Nelson, our VP of Sim Events, says, uh, as we are in full-on Taco Time viewer takeover here, he says, we can't even get games on at the Canadian Brew House here, and you can get it during an NFL Sunday in Florida. All caps. Well, stick with me, stick with me sometime, and you'll see how. Yeah. I think they call it influence, right, Moose? That's right. 
from Janice V watching on YouTube. She says, hoping someone challenges Randy Ambrosie at the State of the League address on Friday morning about the inconsistent and favoritism shown by the league office. Hashtag Stamps fan in YEG. Chris Bird watching in King City, Ontario says the CFL's COVID rule should have been modified weeks ago. Yeah, but it wasn't. And that's why we have but leaders. But it wasn't. That's why we have leaders, though. And not, you know, in this situation, you're able to make the right decision. So leaders, you know, can look at the rules and understand the intent and make, you know, decisions on the fly a little bit. You don't want to have that consistently, but that's why we put people in place. And they did get it right. I think they got it right. Yeah, they did, which I predicted. And is there a bigger Randy Ambrosi fan than me? Yeah. Or a pure ambassador for the sport. Um, but when I saw the statement where Randy deferred to the medical panel, he's like, well, these guys are saying it's okay to do this. I'm like, no, 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 Rand, no. You and I talked about that this morning on the phone. Yeah. I'm like, Randy, stop. Can you just stand up and say, this is what we're doing because I said so. I hated the fact that he deferred to the medical committee. Maybe they did make the choice. Why? Just say it's you. It reminds it me of it's Kelly the McCrimmon right thing when he, to do. Or whatever. It was the presentation of it. It's a very perception's a big thing. It's like Kelly McCrimmon when he fired Gerard Gallant, the head coach of the Golden Knights, and everybody in Vegas was going nuts in, in the Knights Nation. And uh, Kelly stood there and goes, You want to know whose decision it was? Blame me. It was my decision to fire Gerard Gallant. If you want to blame somebody, blame me. That's what I would have liked to have seen. Oh. By the way, Tacona Pally watching in Winnipeg says, Rod, uh, have I missed your Bama talk and John Mechie out for the season? You did. We talked Alabama Crimson Tide college football playoff last hour, a little less than an hour ago. And they can win without John Mechie the third. Bryce Young might be the best quarterback they've ever had at Alabama. And yeah. that is saying a lot. Going to win the Heisman. That is saying a lot. Yes. The best ever Anyways, we'll continue this when we come back. It's fun today. It's spicy. I told you it was going to be spicy. Hour two is brought to you by Original 16 Great Western Beer. You're watching on the Game Plus television network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Spicy. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rob. Canada's daytime sports talk show continues at Tower 2, proudly presented by Great Western's original 16 beer. This is why you love daytime sports talk. Because there's a lot of stuff going down today, and I might as well jump into it right now. A quick sports update. Just, just because this is what's been crammed into my head, and because it's been crammed into my head, it's going to be crammed into your head. And how fast things move. For Mario Cristobal, the road has always led back to Miami. And once again, he's coming home. Cristobal is leaving Oregon and returning to the Miami Hurricanes, accepting an offer to become the head coach at his alma mater, where he won two national championships as a player. He let the Ducks know the decision this morning. His team meeting in Oregon nearly simultaneous to the other part of the move, that being Miami announcing the firing of coach Manny Diaz after three seasons. That all went down this morning, and I'm telling you again, you can bring the moose in 
90% of the talk on Sports Talk Radio here is college football. This is in the teeth of the NFL season. Don't even get me started on the NHL and the Panthers. I don't know if they'll ever be in front and center, Moose. I don't know. Marlins, forget it. Just stop. And the Heat, just a casual mention that they're playing tonight. The rest is all college football. But here's one that if my brother's listening will perk up. Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit collapsed and died at a workout this morning in Santa Anita. Do you remember that name? Medina Spirit yes, won I the do. Kentucky Derby. Yeah. The three-year-old Colt trained by Bob Baffert had just completed five furlongs in his second workout since finishing second in the Breeders' Cup a month ago at Del Mar. Baffert, the trainer, said in a statement that the horse suffered a heart attack. But he's not using any performance-enhancing drugs. <clears throat> right? Now it's happening to horses. Wild. The Phil and the Philadelphia Flyers fired head coach Elaine Vigneault this morning following eight straight losses, too shy of matching a team record. The Flyers have been one of the NHL's biggest flops of the season. They lost last night 7-1 to Tampa. That sealed their fate. Vigneault's fate, AV's fate anyways. Assistant coach Michelle Therrion was also fired. General manager Chuck Fletcher saying, quote, right now we've lost our way. Mike Yo has been named interim head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. They play tonight against Colorado, and the, the uh, Canucks play tonight, too. They got the Kings in town. Canucks firing coach Travis Green last night and general manager Jim Benning. And Bruce Boudreaux is now in charge of the Vancouver Canucks. We haven't spent as much time talking hockey. I promise tomorrow we will, okay, because the viewers have been screaming for it. The sports update for dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis. Visit today, dubnetwork.ca. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, order yours now at g2gbars.ca. RP Show viewers get 20% off of the promo code RP Show. Lori is an Argo fan. And she says, she's watching on YouTube. She says, I'm trying to understand how Luchez Purifoy getting into an altercation at a restaurant where he went out on his own is not getting folks riled up the same way as the McLeod MLSC sanctioned situation. Uh, yeah. And by the way, if you watched the West final yesterday, Luchez Purifoy had a hell of a football game for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And this is what I was thinking, by the way. Can you imagine the uproar? had the Riders won from the Bomber Nation because it was not a catch on that last drop. It was not a catch by Duke Williams. Stop it. But the replay booth ruled in favor of Saskatchewan. Argo's game. Macbeth's allowed to play. They changed the rules for him, the Argo's quarterback. And then that Tundi Adeliki interception, he clearly had a foot in the back of the end zone and they ruled that he didn't have control. Come on! But in the end, Hamilton and Winnipeg won their teams that were supposedly screwed. So nobody's making a big deal out of it today. Can you imagine if that was not the case? I know. That's all we'd be talking about today is just how they got they got jobbed. And it's just, no, it's just, that's how the games go a little bit. But yeah, like if your team wins, that seems to cover up a lot of problems, right? A lot of controversies, a lot of issues like that. But yeah, we'd be talking about that for sure. Uh... Winning is a great perfume, as they say. From 
Jason in Red Deer, the Puck and Pigskin podcast. He says, word is the Vancouver Canucks were privy to the Flyers wanting to pursue Boudreaux after firing their coach, forcing the Canucks hand to move swiftly to get him first. Isn't that funny how it works? Um, Boudreaux's agent called me in the middle of the week, and I didn't actually call him back. I should have. Now, looking back, I'm wondering what he wanted. It, it magically leaked that Philly was talking to Bruce Boudreau. Hmm. People had any idea how this stuff goes down. Hey, Moose. Oh, I know. Uh, big Wildcat watching on YouTube. Canadian Bowl. Langley Rams won. I would point you in the direction of the wonderful website, rodpeterson.com, twice voted Canada's blog of the year, where in the column out of the tunnel, there's a breakdown of the Canadian Junior Football Championship and the Vanier Cup, the University Championship, and, of course, the division finals. And Craig Warden, watching on YouTube, Craig Warden says, I took a trip to watch the Flames play the Panthers in 2007, and it was amazing. Sunrise fans were the best. They really are. Good people. They're fell on the barn to watch the number one team in the NHL. What magical timing it's been for me to come down here and cover the Florida Panthers and just be treated like absolute gold at the game. But I'll tell you a funny story, Moose. And you, you enjoyed this one this morning in our morning chat when I said I left the game early, the Blues and the Panthers on Saturday. I left early to go home and watch the Vanier Cup because my best friend's kid was quarterback in the Saskatchewan Huskies. And later that day, I was in a practice rink. It's called the Rink on the Beach. Two ice pad just down the road here. And uh, the dads at the game are like, how about the comeback by the Panthers? How about it? They came back and beat the Blues. I'm like, really? I, I left the game early. They're like, you did what? <laughs> I didn't stay for the end of the game. I had to go watch my buddy's kid in the Vanier Cup, the Canadian Championship. And they were just, why would you do that? So they're getting on to the quirks that is the host of this show. Most, you're used to this. Of course. Of course. You know, how can you be in three or four places at once? This is how, right? You got to find a way to get everything in. We have a lot of likes. We have a lot of interests. We have a lot of things we want to do. So this is how we do it. It's like a, it's why we love the buffet so much, right? Golden Corral of Sports Talk. A little bit of everything for everybody. Right on. Um, Vince, Vince, watching on YouTube, says, I haven't been watching all the shows, but the other issue is that weird reviewed catch by Saskatchewan that definitely touched the turf. If Winnipeg had lost? Well, again, did you just log in, Vince? That was We just talked about it. Did, did, in what world was that a good catch by Saskatchewan receiver Duke Williams? It just – listen, I wasn't cheering for the Riders, okay? I got friends on both teams. So I'm, I'm watching it from, as I like to say, from 30,000 feet. It really – I had a referee supervisor told me once that if you sat 10 people down and showed them one video clip, they would come away with 10 different interpretations of it. Have we not talked about that on this show, Moose? I'm sure I've brought that up before. Oh, yeah. Yep, so yeah. if you really wanted Saskatchewan to win, you really would have believed that was a good catch subconsciously. And when they ruled that it was a catch, after how many times did they review that on this big screen at IG Field? Did you hear the crowd 
Boo. I thought they were going to, the walls were going to come down on Winnipeg. That was a bad call. Yeah. Botched. I get it. Like, I don't know. Sometimes you just wonder, how can that call be made? That's why we have video replay and multiple angles. And we all see it. You're not watching the same thing we're watching. But sometimes they've got their own reasons and we don't get to hear them. Conclusive evidence, no, it's not, not conclusive. Like, I, don't, I don't think I don't it's know. that. I, and I, oh my God, there's nothing I hate worse than the officiating and the calls discussion. I hate it. I can't stand it. I loathe it. But it's yeah. become such a big part of what we do every day in sports. We have to talk about it. And the thing that really bothered me the most uh, of many, <laughs> Vince just right said, sorry, yep, just logged in. Well, Vince, glad to have you. Was the multiple times in games that I was broadcasting for the Rough Riders where the Riders were clearly screwed. Clearly. The one that comes to mind most was 2017 East Final in Toronto, Argos Riders, where Kevin Glenn got clipped like clothesline oh, in the fourth yes. quarter. They took his head off, and there was no flag. And I immediately grabbed my phone and tweeted, oh, clearly the CFL wants the Argos to be in the Grey Cup. The avalanche of vitriol that I got from CFL fans calling me the conspiracy theorist was the nicest thing that they called me. And then there was a game in Edmonton a few years before that that Glenn Johnson was officiating, which, quite frankly, I'm not the biggest Glenn Johnson fan. As a referee, personally, no problem with it. Referee, big problem. And I'm like, same thing. I can't remember who the rider quarterback was. It might have been KG. But he had his head taken off in that game, too. And Glenn Johnson's standing there looking at it, looking at it. And I'm waiting for him to reach back and grab his flag. He doesn't even move. And I'm like, you just you just saw it with your own eyes. There's no clearer. You clearly don't want the Riders to win. These were in critical stages in the fourth quarter. And the thing that bothered me the most was three years ago when I got out of that Rider job was the people in the league that came to me and said, Rod, you're right. You were right. And I'm wow. like, why? Well, where were you? They, they leave you to burn at the stake. Anyway, and, then you, and then you wonder why I have the attitude in life that I have right now. <laughs> Anyways, Jack, watching in uh, Vulcan, Alberta, says, Rod, what's the point of command center video review? It was obviously not a catch. And I will say, do you want me to answer that? I have no idea why. I mean, it's not, it's not just the CFL, man. We see it in the NFL, see it in the NHL, all the leagues that we love and watch. They're getting the call wrong even after video review. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> I'm just reading these comments. I'm getting, I'm getting a little wound up here. Oh, no. Um, okay, Northside YEG writes in, says, ever win a cup? That's a hard no, but he should still be in the Hall of Fame. And uh, before I let you go, Moose, I'll bring you back for overtime. Northside YEG yeah. watching in Edmonton says, uh, who does the CFL want to win the Grey Cup? To be perfectly honest with you, I'll tell you. Well, I would have said the Hamilton. Now, in this matchup, they want the Hamilton Tiger Cats to win. You know why? Because Bob Young has lost so much money. They look at it and go, you know what? Winnipeg's fine. They won the last Grey Cup. They're going to make money anyways. They're a community-owned team. Bob Young, Bob's our uncle. Let's Bob's give him a cup. Yeah, that's what I think. I agree. You don't need to 
you know, there's not a lot of advantages to having a team win back to back. Gauge more fan bases too. The more teams that can win. If it was up to the CFL, I'd probably go on a rotation. Nine different winners in nine different years. Every league. Every league would. Every league would. And and by the way, I'm not accusing the CFL of fixing anything. I am honestly not. No. And I legitimately don't believe that they will. But subconsciously, you just watch the game Sunday. You just watch and see where the calls go. Okay? Spicy. <laughs> All right, Moose. I'll see you for overtime, okay? See you then. Okay. Justin Duncan next. It is Canada's daytime sports talk show. We'll be right back. You're watching on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. It's a spicy one, as predicted. Just ahead of Justin Dunk, Caesar writes in on the 902 text line. He says, the CFL roughing is an absolute joke. That was not a catch. And it's ridiculous that everybody knows that, but the CFL review booth. But hey, they bent the rules to allow a player that could have waited two weeks to watch a basketball game, listening at the tap while having lunch. Thank you, Caesar, for checking in. Uh, by the way, Rockstar of the Day on Friday for Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions was Rennie Bassett. He's the guy that won our BetRegal.net. There you go. BetRegal.net. Build your bank challenge. He won it betting on, what do you say, CFL, NFL, and junior hockey and golf. Rennie Bassett was our Rockstar of the Day for Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. And I have a feeling our next guest will be today's 3downnation.com's Justin Duncan. We got a long ways to go. Not a lot of time to get there, JD. So let's jump right into it. Nice shirt, by the way. You love those Rainbow Warriors, huh? Yeah. Take hey. Go Royers. Really enjoyed your call to the Vanier Cup on Saturday. Did not enjoy the ending at all, but the best team won the Western Mustangs over the Saskatchewan Huskies 27-21. You did great. I loved it. I watched it while at the Panthers hockey game. Uh, was it as cold as it looked? And did the best team win in your mind? It wasn't in the booth, and honestly, I think once the players got moving around, it was fine. There were some guys in short sleeves, and to be honest, that display of Canadian University football is one that should be celebrated. High caliber, and yes, the Huskies didn't necessarily show up, especially in the second half like we all thought they would. It was still two ultra-talented teams, student-athletes going at it on the field. The way the Canadian University football is meant to be played, it was a real hotly contested game, especially in the first half, and a tight ball game, and well played overall. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I didn't like the track, but it had to be played in December, I understand, because of COVID. So bravo to everybody, yourself included in there, because I really enjoyed the broadcast on the CBC. So quite the wild 72 hours in the CFL. Take us through your angle from Friday to Sunday, the Macbeth thing, the, the calls, the fight after the game in Toronto. At least they're talking about the CFL, Justin. <laughs> That's right. The publicity stunt worked to a degree. I started getting texts and calls naturally on Thursday night from people around the league going, hey, McLeod Bethel Thompson at the Raptors game is a violation of our protocols. And then, sure enough, there was the drama there. The CFL ruled, hey, you just quarantine as long as there is between now until kickoff for the East final. Then you can play, providing you have negative COVID tests. So that happens. The Argos are up in the first half, Roddy, and it looks like they were about to put the Ticats 21 season to bed 
right? They look done and finished. Then Pappy White returns a punt, flips the Argos on their head, and the Ticats are going to the Grey Cup at home. And then afterwards, there's a lot of stuff coming out about what happened in the stands and with fans and player personnel, especially from the Argos. So that'll be sorted out by the police and MLSC and the team, it sounds like. And there could be some discipline and perhaps some charges because there was some trespassing involved in that situation. Yeah, and then just to the West Final, man, you obviously watched it. The Bombers, come on, let's be honest. They did their best to give it away. They really did. Losing the turnover battle 6-2. I guess as their Hall of Fame broadcaster, Bob Irving, tweeted, tells you how good they are that you could do that and still win. And it tells you how elite the defense is. Six turnovers. The defense still only gives up 17 points. And, you know, a lot of people out there in Riderland, Roddy, especially in the media, I'm going to call some people out here. They're feeling sorry for the Riders and saying, hey, you know, they played a really good game and they tried really hard. Six turnovers and you can't win a playoff game and you lose to your rivals in the Prairies and the Blue Bombers for a third straight year, this time in their barn. The other two were in Saskatchewan. Like, we got to get out of this thinking for the Riders regime. I understand Cody Fajardo is beloved out there, and that's part of the charm. And I agree with a lot of those people's sentiments. But when you get six turnovers in a playoff football game, you have to come out winners. In my mind, it should be Saskatchewan that is in the Grey Cup. It's not, and that is in large part, as I mentioned, due to that Blue Bombers defense. But the Riders, they got to be smarting and kicking themselves in the butt after that loss. The term I used was inexcusable, Justin. We've been around this league a long time. This game, one turnover, one turnover in a playoff game can change the game. You won by plus four. And you couldn't score more than 20 points and win the game. It's inexcusable. Listen, back up the truck. You think that I missed, you said the publicity stunt worked? You trying to tell me this was cooked up by the Argos to get, or the CFL? Come on. <laughs> I don't think we can give them that much credit, but I mean, it certainly drew attention, although it didn't work in terms of the amount of fans in the stands, right? The Argos were hyping this up, saying this was going to be the largest crowd potentially ever that they had at BMO Field since they moved there, and there was like 16,000 and change. So that clearly didn't work out, and you can't use the weather as an excuse, because let me tell you, going from Quebec City and to being in the GTA for that East Final, it was a totally different situation. It was balmy. The weather was ideal, especially if you're going to be out there playing football in December. Yeah, fair, fair enough. But I mean, I watched the game from an Outback Steakhouse here. It was their grand opening. It was awesome. And it looked great on television. I got to give TSN a lot of credit for that. And the game was good. It didn't disappoint. But we moved to the Grey Cup week now in Hamilton. And what's your week going to be like covering it? Then maybe we'll get you on later this week for a prediction, unless you want to give one now. Um, this is where the CFL needs to shine, and they generally always do. That's right. Generally, Grey Cup goes really well for the league overall. We'll be doing stuff for CHCH, Sportsnet with my boy Arash Madani, and the one and only Eddie Steele, and also obviously a bunch of coverage on Three Down Nation. So I really expect Hamilton to put on a show. They've been looking forward to this Grey Cup, albeit there's going to be the COVID-19 restrictions that aren't going to make it a true Grey Cup. But Bob Young has been waiting for this for a number of years. He wants to cash in, of course, as much as possible, but he also wants to showcase the city and the stadium and everything that's positive within Hamilton. Like for the people that aren't from the area that might be traveling in, Hamilton is really up and coming. 
it's getting reborn. I would say a lot of the areas that people might look on and say, hey, maybe I didn't want to live there before. Like people are moving to the city in droves. Real estate's going up there. So a lot of positives in and around the city. And you talk about they're going to host the Grey Cup, of course, this weekend. Canada soccer is going to play the U.S. men's soccer team. And then there's going to be an outdoor classic there in 2022 for the NHL. So they're talking about it being a sports town there. And really a large part of that is because Bob Young was so impactful in getting Tim Hortons field built. Yes. And uh, like I said, I think people were asking who I, who I thought the CFL wanted to win. And I, maybe you saw that I said the Hamilton Tiger Cats, but I don't think they're going to pull any levers for that to happen. However, if you see Zach Caleros at a Leaf game on the weekend, eh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> Do you want to make a prediction or do you want to wait? I want to wait. I want to see how the week goes. Because to me, the most interesting part of this, Roddy, is in 2019, the Grey Cup, you have the heavily favored Tiger Cats who were barely beaten. Going into that game, they get upset by the underdog Blue Bombers. To me, the roles are reversed here, obviously, right? The Blue Bombers come in. They're going to be heavily favored. The Ticats were sort of a middling team. It's not quite as good as that Bombers team was in comparison in 2019, but they're going to be the underdogs. And, yes, they're at home, and that can charge up some energy. But I'm really curious to see how the opening quarter goes to this football game because it was disaster for the Ticats mm -hmm. last time around in Calgary. They need to compose themselves can't afford to turn the football over. I just want to get a feel for the teams. I don't make a prediction later. You got it. Hey, wonderful update, Justin. Enjoy the week and keep up the great work. I mean it. I love the Vanier Cup. Thanks for the time. Yes, sir, Roddy. Appreciate you. Stay warm down there, eh? You bet. 27 today. Just a little rain. Pray for me. Uh, three Down Nation. <laughs> three Down Nation.com's CFL insider, Justin Duncan. When we come back, overtime with the Moose, Taco Time viewer takeover. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio with Rod Peterson. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. It is overtime. Proudly brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC, the National Hockey League, and the Seattle Kraken Fan Club. And uh, we bring uh, the moose in here as we also lay into Taco Time viewer takeover here. Bob Smith is watching on Game Plus television in Maple Ridge, B.C., Darren, and he says, hey, RP, the Toronto police charged the Hamilton fan. Signed, Bob Smith in Maple Ridge, B.C. And that's, yeah, I, I hope we've heard the end of it. I don't know if we have or not. I hope that the Argos players are not. I mean, I didn't see the whole thing. I saw what I saw on video, but it looks like the Hamilton fan instigated everything, and I'm always pro-player pro-entertainer in these instances. Norm Fong's watching, the Hall of Fame equipment manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, regarding the comment, rules are, why do we have rules <laughs> at all? Fongo says, Rod, seems like rules are made to be broken. The riders only apply their code of conduct rule depending on who's involved and how important the next game is. Example, player spends the night in the drunk holding cell and gets no team penalty. Signed, Norm Fong. And regarding the call that went the riders' way, 
in the West final yesterday from Metal Shingle Guy. He says, I think the rule is the ground can help with the catch if you have control of the ball before it touches. Uh, I think you're reaching on that one. But it's interesting. You I mean, you've been traveling all over God's green earth, Moose. I don't know how much social media surfing you've been doing or not, but I see people writing in here about Andrew Harris and his PED suspension from two, two years ago, but they conveniently don't talk about the Purifoy thing or AC Leonard, but the Bombers fans have brought up AC Leonard. Yeah. Um, I guess that's just usual back and forth post game stuff, right? Stuff we shouldn't pay any attention to. Right. Typical. Typical stuff, right? Throwing mud back and forth and it's post game trash talk, pulling at threads, trying to find something that sticks but you're upset your team lost or you, you want to be happy your team won and rub it in a little bit. So no, stuff that I don't pay attention to. I got more. I just hit refresh on the text line. There's a bunch more. Man, you came up with this 902 number, man. You really knew what you were doing. <laughs> Doesn't it look dark here, by the way? I was going to say. Does it, it look looks, like night? I mean, what? It's uh, almost, what, 2 o'clock? 155. Um, Darren, it is 27 Celsius, 81 Fahrenheit, but overcast. Pray for me. Might have to put a jacket on this afternoon. Anyways, How about that? I'll get to more of these texts in a moment, but you have uh, something from our friends at Tough Tribe. I understand the guys yeah. were telling me that you wanted a show. Well, check it out. I was, te- I was telling you about this. I left. I didn't unbox it yet, but we, uh, got me on the full screen here. I don't wait a lot of time. I got to move fast. Um, they yes. sent us some gifts. They sent us some gifts. Tough Tribe. This is uh, looks like shampoo, uh, peppermint body wash. How about that? You're going to smell like peppermint. So they got one here for each of us. Um, they got awesome. a few more things. This is what you call, what did you say, pa- pomade, Rod? This is your uh, I thought it was pomade. Hair. I thought it was pomade. pomade. What is it, Clark? Yeah. You know. Pomade. Pomade. So okay. you got some hair stuff. You're going to look, you're going to look sharp. And uh, so a few other things in here. There you go. From Tough Tribe. So great stuff. And that's what we're giving away. Toughtribeformen.com. They say this stuff is just a uh, <clears throat> wizardry Yeah. of, what do you call it, male oh. cosmetics? Yeah. Yeah, what's Beard that? and hair pomade. So I can put this in the mustache. How about that? I like it. Okay. I, I can't wait to try it out. Back to the text line, the 902 518 3033. A lot of Ryder fans checking in today. Greg in Saskatoon says, hey, Rod and Justin, besides the offensive line, what are two areas the Riders need to upgrade to contend for the Cup next year? That's a really good question. They, didn't they not lead the CFL in sacks this year? They found a lot of guys that yeah. we didn't know who they were. I mean, we knew who A.C. Leonard was, led the CFL in sacks, but they had some, as they say, bitches on that D-line. Uh, the offensive line, I thought, performed very capably. You got Brennan Labatt pull the pin just before camp. You had that huge American tackle whose knees gave out just before camp. A lot of things didn't really go the Riders' way. Listen, I get at 9-5 and five, it was a great year, and they have nothing to hold their heads about. However, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers did give them the game yesterday. I, I'd like to see them be a lot more physical. Um, Brett Lowther's going to want to be checking himself. Obviously, he was the MVP of the team on special teams. So he's not a problem, but I mean, you can't be missing points in, you know, again, what do they need? They don't need a lot. They got a great back. They got a great quarterback. They got a pretty good receiving core. 
Linebacking core probably could use some work. Deion Lacey was outstanding, but he's like the only guy I can think of in that group. Secondary, Ed Ganey was a beast yesterday. He was playing like he wanted to win a great cup yesterday. Yeah. But I don't I don't think the Riders need a whole lot. This they need to play a little more physical and some mental things. They they, they took 60 yards in penalties yesterday. Not as much as normal, but more than you'd like. I don't think they need a lot. The, the oh, answer, one minute. Last minute of play in the RP show. The answer is not a change at quarterback for the Riders. Cody Fajardo, I believe, is the right guy. I think he's the right leader. I think he's got the talent. And whether he had a little bit of an off year or not, I think he's the guy you want to build around. You know, you need to have a, you know, figure out who your playmakers are going to be. You're going to have a full offseason with them, a full year with them. I think they'll be fine. I think they're going to you know, be ready to come back and have a good year. But too many guys in and out, injuries they dealt with. Cody is the guy, though. Yeah. I agree. From Jim Wagner on the 902 line. Great show, guys. See you in 22 hours. Have a good night, y'all. Brady says, hey, Rod, Riders offense beat themselves in the foot yesterday. Hopefully the Ticats can pull it off. I hate cocky teams. They're just getting into it. You'll all have to wait until tomorrow. We'll do it all over again at noon Eastern right here on Game Plus. Are we brainless? Yes. Yes. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc